Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this opportunity to praise you together. Lord, we give you praise that you are here with us, Lord, that you are in the midst of this congregation, Lord. And we pray that you would speak to us today. Pray that you would make your presence palpable to us, Lord God, that you would help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord God, as we dig into your word now, Lord, may you help us to see the power that is contained therein, Lord, and the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. And Lord, place your words in my mouth that I might be faithful in preaching them, Lord God. And we pray, and we pray that you would fill us all up with your presence and your grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It's great to see you all today. Well, you might have noticed that we are in the middle of a political season. Right? There is some politics going on, on TV and the radio and the internet and every other medium that is possible. Um, people are fighting for a nomination from their party, right? And this really brings out the best in folks, doesn't it? Uh, it is just wild. I mean, there is a lot of hot air being released right now, right? And it seems like there's a race to the top or the bottom, depending on how you're seeing it, uh, with all the hyperbole and the, um, and the different forms of statements that they're coming out with. It's not my favorite phase of the political season, right? I don't like that. It's just not my thing. You know, when you have people, when you have adults talking to each other in ways that you would like not let your kids do, Right? That becomes, uh, it's difficult to listen to that. Um, but I'm not really into politics anyway, so I mean, don't take my statements on this. I mean, you really can, you make up your own mind about whether you like this season or not. <laughs> uh, and so, we have all these people trying to convince us that they should be our leader. Right? They should be, they're the ones, they're the ones who are really going to represent us. They're the ones who are going to bring us to this great time. And sometimes um, we then start to look back and say, well, where have we been? What leaders have we had that we would consider good or bad or whatever it happens to be? And how do these candidates stack up to who have come, those who have come before them? Because it's sometimes easier to see what we know rather than guess about what might be in the future. And while we're doing that, while we're comparing others to leaders in the past, maybe we should keep looking back further. Look back to one leader, uh, a leader named David. Ever heard of this guy? Yep, David. Uh, he ran on the, uh, the Lord's platform, I guess. I don't know exactly how to describe his platform. But he was, uh, we have in our reading from the Old Testament, his final words. Here he is given a message or an oracle through the strong one of Israel, which is the Lord, the God of Israel. The oracle states that the one who rules justly and rules in the fear of God is a blessing to his people. Is that true? If you have a godly leader who stands up for justice, is that, are those things that might be good? Yeah, those might be helpful, right? And when somebody leads like that in justice and truth and faithfulness, all the people are at peace, right? There is a sense of protection, a sense of freedom. And like the light of the morning, so is a faithful leader. What does the light of the morning do? 
It shows things. It illuminates things, right? It, it chases away the shadows of night. Is it easier to walk during the day or the night? The daytime, why? Because you can see, right? And at night you hear noises, and what does your mind sometimes do? Yeah, it makes, it makes them bigger, it makes them scarier, right? But the light dispels that, we get to see what it was. Or it affirms that, either. Like, it gives us reality. Um, in the light, you can also see a long ways off, and you can see, the, 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 you can see what's on the horizon. Right? It gives you the ability to see um, beyond yourself. That's what a good leader does. Gives you security where you are now, and then hope for what's off in the future. Like the sun rising on a cloudless morning, gleaming from the rain on the grassy land. That's how David describes a godly leader. Right? It's beautiful, isn't it? It's a beautiful image. So these words mean that a good leader, a just and faithful one, influences the entire nation positively. A good leader reflects on that, on those drops of rain on the blades of grass, right? A good leader makes the world seem brighter and fresher, like there are options and potentials, like there is hope. There's hope. David then goes on to state that his house is like this, which maybe, right, is a tough one, right? For David to say his house is like this, have we seen that really in David's past completely? No. No, remember David's house, right? Um, David did some untoward things, right? He had the whole episode with Bathsheba and then the minor element of murdering her husband. And then he had the one of his children sleeping with another of his children and then another one murdering that child. And then one of his children running David off of his throne so that he and his men were in hiding. Um, Those minor things might cloud our image of the beauty of the house of David. Right? Those are headlines on a tabloid. You know, really, that is, um, that's a rough thing. But for periods of time, David had, there was this beautiful way in which David was able to lead in a godly way, to fear the Lord, and to share that with the nation. Right? There were these moments of brilliance in David's kingship. And there's also, in his descendants, we have a brief time, this sweet spot where Solomon was faithful to God before he was led astray and started worshiping foreign gods. There was this wonderful time before kind of everything in his family went sideways. Because Solomon is led astray, and then everything after Solomon is a complete and absolute mess. All of David's descendants after Solomon stink. I think that's the political term. Uh, And do nothing beneficial for the kingdom. In fact, they divide it and degrade it and lead to its exile. Otherwise, they're wonderful. So then, what descendant could David be speaking of? Because most of his family seems fit to fit into the category given in the final verses of our passage, which states that the godless are all like thorns that are thrown away, for they cannot be picked up with a hand. To touch them, one uses an iron bar or the shaft of a spear. And they are entirely consumed in fire on the spot. It's a really beautiful image. Um, But we see in David's line this catastrophic failure of leadership. And so who can he be speaking of? Where can this hope be that David holds on to for one of his descendants that would be righteous and faithful and lead the nation in justice? 
Because the throne of David is really bereft of a true leader for about a thousand years after David. So we must ask, where is the hope for Israel? Where is the one who will lead with justice? Where is the light that comes with a faithful leader? Where can the Israelites put their hope? Where is the hope in a dark world where justice seems so distant? Well, it was into a dark night in a stable in Bethlehem that light was born. Into the silence, into the failure of earthly leaders, the righteous one stepped. A new shoot from the stump of Jesse, David's father. And who was this one who shone like a star in the dark sky? One more time. There we go. Jesus, the Son of God, the Righteous One, the Prince of Peace. Well, here we are in this election cycle. And we're faced with so many challenges, both foreign and domestic. What can we do about this evil we see in the world and that we see inside ourselves? Where is the just one? Who will lead us? Well, just as the hope of David lay in Jesus Christ, so it is with us. Jesus is the leader we're looking for. He is the light, the one who will lead and protect and heal. He is the hope that we are looking for. He is the justice and peace that we seek. And he will bring the dawn. Today we yearn for a king, but we don't need another David or another politician, a king who will bring, or a king who will be great some of the time, but will sin against us other times, or most of the time. We need a perfect king. We need one who will bring us into the light. Now the good thing is, is that Jesus' kingship does not depend upon a popular election. So you don't all need to go out there and write Jesus in the, into the, you know, the, write him into your election thing. Because being the president of the United States, is that enough for Jesus? No. Is that sufficient? No. no. I mean, that's like the president of our country coming, like giving up that post so that, so that he could um, lead like a, a cookie society or something like that, right? Or a little, like a clubhouse that hangs out in, a tree, in the treehouse in our backyard. Right? That is not sufficient. This kingship of America would not be enough for Jesus Christ. He was offered that before. He was offered that. And he chose to deny it. So that through his death and resurrection, he could be king not only of this world, but of all that there is. Now the remarkable thing about the kingship of Jesus is that we can receive his kingship very simply. We don't need to go to the ballot box. We just need to fall to our knees and confess to him that we are broken sinners in need of grace. And then he becomes our king for eternity. And his kingship is not degraded at all, no matter what person is elected president, or where we live in the world, or who attempts to bring terror into our life. His kingdom is not shaken. Jesus Christ is king forever. And that, my friends, is good news. 
Because it means freedom for the captives, sight for the blind, and healing for the lame. And for us who are downtrodden by our sins and the sins of others, it means deliverance and mercy and grace. Today, may we receive Jesus Christ. May he shine in our lives like a star in the darkness. May we trust in our true and rightful king and be set free to follow him, walking in his life walking in the light of the morning, able to see ahead of us and trust that he is leading us into hope, trust that he is leading us into salvation, and trust that his grace is washing us clean every morning. Let's pray. Lord God, we live in a world in which it's so hard to find hope sometimes, in which we see evil do things which are so Horrific, Lord God, and so crushing. Help us, Lord, in these times and in every time to trust in you. We confess to you, Lord God, that we are also broken people, that we are people who hurt others, Lord, and have been hurt by others. We turn that over to you and ask that you would forgive us. Forgive us, Lord God, for our, um, our wrong thoughts, our wrong actions, Lord and for the sin which is just written into our DNA. Lord God, we pray that you would wipe us clean, that you would forgive us and set us free, and that you would ransom us from the kingdom of darkness so that we can live in the kingdom of light. And Lord God, send us out into this world as free people and as ambassadors, willing and joyfully proclaiming your name, sharing the hope that is ours in you with others, so that they might know you and be set free as well. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to find our satisfaction in you alone. May we not settle for any merely human political leader, but may we put our trust in you, Lord God, and be set free and filled with joy. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.